0: Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you, and your kids, grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher, and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. I am so excited today because I have Ashley Burton from Mulberry Farms on. Thank you so much for being here, Ashley.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You know, it's it's nice because I don't get to really talk to a whole lot of people while we're on the homestead. You know, it can be kind of a lonely life living your life of self-sufficiency. But you're right, we're here at Mulberry Ranch Farms. We have 13 acres. And Our journey started with a retired cornfield that was just brimming along its borders with mulberry trees, and that's just how we kind of came to be. We bought the raw land and turned it into something that is purely of self-sufficiency, and it is our, our stay staycation. We love to be on our property, and we love to be better stewards for it each and every day that we're here.
0: Oh, I love that. I always get so excited when people say they started from like a clean slate. Mm -hmm. We personally didn't. And honestly, I just don't think it was right for us. And I'm not even saying it that way because I get so excited. I'm like, that's it. We're selling everything and we're buying bigger land. And then I'm like, no, I like my house.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't blame you. There is something just, it's really romantic, like to think about it, you know? Uh a lot of homesteaders start their journey that way. We're like, I'm just going to buy this raw land that's undeveloped. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, we're going to be one with nature and I'm going to work with it and make it what I want. But you know, as, as beautiful and honest and pure as that, that thought is like, there's so much work to it and everything seems so much more clear in your dreams and your fantasy land of your homestead. And then when it comes to taking raw land and working it and making those dreams come to fruition, like it is so intensely difficult with the work, but in the same sentence, like it's intensely satisfying as well. It Um, is.
0: And yeah, there's a lot of steps that go into it. I'm going to give myself a little plug for a second. By the time this episode comes out, you guys can download my freebie on how to buy raw land. I put my several years of real estate into this and it's just, it's killer. So I'll put that link in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. And I would encourage anybody that can get any type of experience or help when it comes to taking raw land to something beautiful and self-sufficient, take all of the help that you can get because no matter, no matter how much you think, like I've read so much and I've researched the, every bit of land that you set your foot on is completely different. The biodiversity, Mm -hmm. the soils are different. And I'm kind of leading into my own story there. We bought this as an old retired cornfield and the the dumb 21 year old me that stepped foot on that on this property um back right after i had my first daughter we were looking for land to build our house because we were living with my husband's parents in the basement we started i know just oh yeah like, i'd
0: be looking for a new place story,
1: you know? <laughs> like like this is nice and we appreciate it, but we're ready to get out and do our own thing and i thought well this is old retired farmland if a farmer can grow so much food in a small area over the years I should be able to plant anything in the soil and grow whatever I want whatever's left
0: of the soil yeah
1: it's exactly (laughs) right that is exactly right though because I was young and dumb and I figured if they did it, I can do it and I just didn't really realize like the um the common and modern practices of agriculture in um, the United States. And after years of like moving my garden, cause I'm like, maybe it's the shade. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the the leaves from the mulberries coming down or the walnut trees. I'm going to move it here. And I moved my garden. I don't know how many times before it finally dawned on me. I'm like, it is the soil. And mm-hmm. it, I think that's something that like a lot of people will see and, and kind of just glean over like soil health is so important and honestly, our soil made a lot of the decisions for like the livestock that we have here, the practices that we have here. But once I realized that it was my soil that was so stripped, that's when abundance came into our life. Because once mm-hmm. you start realizing what's wrong with it, that's how you know how to fix it. And I... I have that same, um, philosophy when it comes to livestock. Um, we're so westernized to the point where we treat the symptom and we don't look at the root. We don't look at the management practice that creates that symptom. We just want to, we want the symptom to go away. And we're,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: problem reoccurs if you don't take care of the root cause. So I, you got to find your root cause. You have problems, you got to dig deep. And we're just, we're so used to going to Mr. Google pants and him telling us what to do that we right? don't
0: really dive, you know, you know, but like, I've been in agriculture since I was a kid and I even, I knew how important soil health was, but I'm reading a few books right now for my next project. And I just didn't realize even like how depleted it was in like the Midwest where I've never farmed before. I've always farmed on the West coast where everything is just fertile all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I knew that we had to keep it fertile, but I didn't realize how bad it was in the Midwest.
1: Oh yeah. It, it's, it's very. <laughs> It's very bad. And, you know, it doesn't help that like our, the, the, the typical things that make up our soil aren't always the most nurturing for mm-hmm. agriculture, which I thought has always been really funny because like you can go from one part of my property and it's mostly sand and shale and then go to another part of the property and it's all clay. So like it wow. literally it changes on our 13 acres from like the back part portion of our property uh-huh. where we currently have like our gardens. But I will say though that that adversity kind of pushed us to look at different types of gardening. So we did like the the normal in-ground garden, and now we do a lot of hugel culture. and We do raised beds right. and we do vertical gardening. Do you want to tell everybody
0: what hugel culture is, real quick?
1: Yeah. So um, hugel culture, we're actually practicing in our raised beds. So while it is typically um, a mounding type of bed, it's being contained, but it's basically taking lots of logs, debris, putting those as your base and then building on top of that. So we started the very bottoms with old logs, locust trees here specifically because they're hardwood and they will take a lot longer to decompose, but through the decomposition of um, that lumber within, it is amending the soil all the time. It's enhancing the biodiversity and the microorganisms in our soil throughout its entire life. We put in, um, old leaves. We put in used up straw and hay from our, uh, livestock. We use goat manure, donkey manure, duck manure. We put it all in there and put a nice base of, um, already composted manures and soils on the very top. And it kind of amends itself. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that type of, um, gardening too, because it, it really helps it to where there's never waste around the farm. Um, I have, I just have like this really big pet peeve when people like think that it's manure, it's useless, or this is old bedding. It's useless. There's always a second life around a homestead and a farm. The banana peel is a wonderful addition to my Hugo culture beds. It's a wonderful addition to my compost. That is my
0: five-year-old's new job is he has to cut up the banana peels in smaller pieces with kitchen scissors. So Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, if you and your brother are going to eat your weight and bananas every week, I am kidding
1: <laughs> all of that. But see, like, that's so good though, that you get even like little things like that with kids around mm-hmm. your farm or your homestead is just wonderful to kind of tie them in. Cause then when it comes, well, I got
0: one of those like turning composters. I've never yeah. had one of those. And our compost piles always get messed up by the dogs, not our manure, yeah. piles, but like compost yeah. piles. And so I actually put that right on our back porch and it's right next to our garbage can. So that's become like the little kid's job is to be putting things in there. You know, we're brooding chickens in the house right now. So mm-hmm. the bedding is all going in there. Like, and it's super exciting for them to get to see it and be the ones to work it.
1: Well, and that's good too, like, cause kids just need to know there's life after the trash pile. Like not everything goes into the trash can. Um, I love when my daughter's friends come over sometimes we're like, no, 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 we don't put that in the trash can. Like, here's my compost bin. And you know, <laughs> we, we're going to take this paper and we're going to burn that for the ash and we're going to put the ash in my garden. Like, don't, don't throw it away. Oh, yes. don't, we, we've, got, <laughs> we've got uses for that. But even like in our um, community, it's very agricultural out here, but I think a lot of people have that false security of like, Oh, they're in an agricultural community, so they know how to use all of this. But really, you could grow up in an agricultural community and have no idea about how to steward your land properly. And that's not to dog on um, agriculture as a I whole. I was one
0: of them. I mean, yeah. I yeah. grew up on a I grew up on a cattle ranch. I mean, we definitely we hunted and we were all about mm-hmm. providing all of our own meats and stuff. But my dad grew up dirt floor poor in Tennessee. Yeah, hitchhiked out to California. By the time I was born, he owned three shipyards. So he was like, if I can afford to pay someone to do it or buy something, Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. And I understand why he did that, but it definitely didn't give me that respect for the land type attitude. Yeah. It did give me respect for duct tape and bailing wire because he still had that mindset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, where it's like we don't need to put in a whole new fence, we just need enough baling twine to repair that fence.
0: Right. I've actually helped so him guilty. fix the clutch on our old Jeep scrambler with duct tape and bailing wires.
1: So <laughs> you know what you can do, you can achieve a lot of things project wise with just those two um Perfect. pieces of material. So mm. we won't bolt dog on that, but it it you know that kind Mom of said ingenuity. Yeah, exactly. But like that experience with your father kind of uh, makes me think about a conversation I actually just had with my mom. My mom grew up much like your father, you know, very um, impoverished in Tennessee and the Appalachians. And, mm-hmm. you know, her mom would always grow a big garden and they would can and she would grow up doing that. And she said, you know, when you were born, I used to can a lot. And then my time got really depleted. And I started to look at, you know, how much I was paying for the seed and how much time I was putting into starting the seed and putting it in the ground and then making sure it came mm-hmm. to fruition, picking it and harvesting it. And she's like, And then I was in Walmart and I was like, Man, 50 cents for a can of green beans. She's like, How much time did I put into a can of green beans? And she's like, I guess that's where they get you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. It is because I grew up most of my entire life not learning about food preservation. And I actually just started my pressure canning journey this last, um, this last summer. And she's like, she's like, you know, I I never really thought about that because we'll think, you know, times are kind of scary. Our, our food supply chain is so very fragile and Mm -hmm. nobody ever had any inkling that it could all come crashing down until, you know, the last couple of years with, all of the things that have been happening within our country. She's like, man, I really failed you in that way. I'm like, no, like, I totally understand why, when you come from a situation where you realize you did not have the funds to make something happen. And then when you do, you always want to improve the life for your children. Mm-hmm. But I think like that can kind of get molded and twisted to where that, that knowledge is just gone, you know, and it's, you know,
0: um, I'm a part of another conference out here. And they just released sweatshirts that say grandma had it. Mom got rid of it. I'm bringing it back. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's so
1: true. (laughs) It's so true. Like I understand wanting to improve your your children's lives, but not at the expense of skill sets being lost completely Mm -hmm. and making them more um, malleable. For other parties, and I won't go too far into that. I won't put my tinfoil hat on, but well, it's very important that those skill sets, you know. Just as are, long as we know you have one, we It's it's in the it's I can see it. It's over there. Don't worry. I... I'll slide it on whenever you want me to, but I I usually try to tell people I'm gonna keep my tinfoil hat over here to the side. You know that was my that goal... way. I'll put it right on.
0: <laughs> that was my whole goal with what I do is just to be able to reach that generation of kids that are so far mm-hmm. removed from the family farm they don't have the like skill set and the character yeah. to be mm-hmm. able to be self sufficient or even understand how to do that if they ever needed to
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and i think it's it's even more difficult now because you have so many different Things that can come into your children's lives without you even knowing. I mean, my daughter is my
0: dog just let himself in the office. Oh,
1: <laughs> did he? I'm sure you can hear my baby chicks just cheating. Yeah. in the background. <laughs> where I'm like, really, you've been quiet all day. There's food, water, and heat. You're good. <laughs> but it's just it's okay. so hard though. Like with screens and and things like that that. There are so many different things that can come into her life without me even knowing. So it just makes me even more so like, especially when it's springtime, like come out with me. I know you would rather sit inside and listen to a song on YouTube or God forbid, whatever comes across your feed through YouTube or, or whatever, but let's go outside. Let's, let's go, you know, let's walk your weather. We have, we are very involved in 4-H and she understands that I'm not going to break your animals for you. I'm not going to, um gentle them down so if you walk into that ring with a haywire um weather everybody's gonna know it's because that's your problem it's not mommy (laughs) didn't go in there like I have my own string of beatery goods that I show like I don't need a beat weather on top of that although
0: I tried to um teach my kids that and my now 18 year old son he's just one of those ones that like life always Mm -hmm. comes easy for him I don't know how he manages it I don't think he even like ever fed his pig because he had a job this last year. And so, I mean, his, the pig was getting fed. He just wasn't, his brother was doing it and come like showtime. I'm like, good luck with your pig. You haven't messed with it at all. That pig went out there and walked. Like, I mean, I think he made it to uh, the, yeah, he made it to the championship round. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs)
1: like you got really lucky that's all I can say right? um, she had her fair share of uh jumpers we do mostly oh, yeah. so she's there have been a couple of rodeos mm-hmm. where I'm like just don't let go of the collar like r- try to <laughs> remain in control as long as possible don't let go of the collar and she hasn't yet but it just goes to show like you know you're responsible for the results of these projects mm-hmm. that you have like I can't handhold. And there are some things I don't mind handholding on, but there's, there's something really beautiful about it dawning on their mind where it's like, I am responsible for the outcomes of my projects. And if I don't put my best foot forward, who will do it for me? So for 4-H, like that's just been a really big proponent. I did not grow up with 4-H. I was one of those kids that was on like every traveling sports team that you ever think of and would just volleyball and softball were my thing. That's just what I did. I was a sports kid. And I remember my mom. I was
0: four h in rodeo, so yeah,
1: see there you go. It, <laughs> it 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 all takes. You know, it's just kind of funny, like how lots of I don't follow
0: walks, rodeo follow... at all anymore, though. So
1: oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even, even want
0: a horse. Anyway. I kind of want a mule. I do
1: watch her. You know, I oh. I do watch her barrel race, but okay. other than that, like. I'm not I don't all. even want
0: horses. I kind of want a mule to get into some backcountry, but
1: yeah, that would be really cool. Cuz you
0: know, up in North Idaho, we have some beautiful backcountry. so. Oh,
1: I believe it. I believe it. Those does... I've always wanted to go out west. I'm hoping one day bucket list we'll get out there, but I don't I We've really made it a point to kind of make like our homestead where we didn't really ever. we just don't want to leave it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm think... traveling
0: all over right now and yeah. I can't is it tell you...
1: you. I don't it know how to do it. me
0: I'm having to like you know, we got a bunch of new pigs and I didn't get to Mm -hmm. be there for that. I wasn't here for chick day. You know, we're always excited. The first order of chicks that come in, in the spring. And I missed Mm -hmm. chick day. And, you know, my husband's out there like, okay, I'm trying to do what you wanted to do in the garden. Can I FaceTime you? Like, it's just,
1: I don't know how you're doing. I don't it is a season of life, but you know, it's kind of funny too, because like, there are so many people that want that, you know, when, mm-hmm. what they find out, like, if you're doing YouTube or you're traveling or you're speaking, like, I just really want to do that. I just really want to work on a conference. It's like, do you really though? Because you yeah. don't understand all of the components. <laughs> and honestly, when you bring something new into your life, you have to sacrifice something. And when there's enough things in your life that you just really love, like those sacrifices are so hard. They're not just, they're not minimal. You know what I mean? No. Where you're just I, and I am
0: exhausted.
1: Oh, I believe it. I believe <laughs> it. You don't look exhausted. I'm, oh, I get you good. on this Zoom call, and I'm like, you don't have bags under your eyes. Like, no, <laughs> you're, you're handling it very well, Cody. <laughs> like you know, that's all. That like you tell um,
0: the hair, like the the hair clip is the winner because <laughs>
1: <laughs> holds it all together and makes it look put right. together. I like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I had a meeting in town this morning, and so I had to try to look like a human. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't you love that though? Have you ever had someone like stop in at your farm or your homestead and they're like, like, oh, I'm just dropping by real quick. And you're like, oh, just get ready because like, I don't smell like a human being. I barely look like a human being and they're on right. my clothes that I can't tell you what they're from. Right? You know? Like, Don't mind
0: me while I'm gartering, <laughs> gardening in, I don't know, like sweat, like cut off sweatpants, you know? and <laughs> yeah. like the, the 5X. Walmart tank top that I bought the wrong size and was like whatever it'll be a great garden shirt and you know walking around I only garden barefoot like that is my yeah I am
1: here for that Cody I am here for that especially like because I know you you have a presence on social media and things and it's kind of funny though because I think people think that when they follow you like on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook that they're like I didn't expect it to look like this right now. I'm like, do you think I would post pictures of like the worst, the worst tomato plant in my garden? Or like when I literally am covered in things that I don't even want to begin to describe. And I'm just like working through it. Of course not. I'm like, you can't look at what's on social media and think that's exactly what it is. Like, I'm going to show you the best of what I have. And then every now and then I might temper some of those posts with a, this is the, this is the ugly side of homesteading. You know, I'm like, you just walked into like the ugly post. This is it every day. Full disclosure.
0: Like, um, you know, I'm going to tell all my secrets. I'm doing these lives every day right now on Mm -hmm. my new homestead business, uh, membership. And there's this like makeshift table in my driveway with all of my husband's small engine repair stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to do this, you know, live on, you can mm-hmm. do a homestead business of small engine repair, you know? And I'm like, you know, showing everything, this like absolute disaster mess. But really it has been there for over a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I like I totally, this year I was like, okay, we're putting in a new fence for the garden. I want this gone after <laughs> we're done. Because <laughs> I can't, I mean, it's literally, in our, like that's, mm-hmm. we have this beautiful house and you pull up and there's this makeshift table that looks like our garage exploded.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the way it always goes though. Actually my husband's um, brother's getting ready to have a baby and his mom was looking for a place like, and he's like, can we have it here? And I'm like, yeah. Cause you know what? That would actually make me clean my house. And I would keep up with my landscape just for that, just for the four hours when I know someone is going to be here. And I can't just like pan the camera a different way or like take a moment to like straighten up the area where I'm shooting a video because I can't control where they'll be or the sights that they're going to be seeing so I'll just have to do all of it you know
0: you know I've only accepted my husband's vendetta against dandelions because it actually gets him to work on our yard
1: you gotta play with their strengths though <laughs> you
0: Right. If, someone likes- like, if someone's like don't let him like- kill the dandelions they're so helpful and I'm like if it gets them out there working in the yard, like death to the dandelions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only like one, like a quarter acre of our entire yeah. acres, but death to the dandelions in the, yeah. tent, you know,
1: <laughs> you got to play to their strengths. It's the same way with, with anybody that's like helping you on your homestead. If they're like, I love your chickens. Like really, you want to come over here and collect the eggs for me? I mean, and, but I think that's the way to get people to kind of get into self-sufficiency too, is like mm. finding like that one thing that they love. And I'm like, okay, let's really focus on that. And we'll teach you about that. And we'll get you involved because we all know like chickens are the, the uh, gateway drug of livestock. Oh. So whenever anybody's like, I really am thinking about homesteading and I want livestock. I'm like, start with chickens. If you love your chickens, you'll grow into something different.
0: <laughs> I, although, you know, like you're probably gonna be offended by this one. I always tell people like, oh, you're going through your goat face. That's really sweet. <laughs>
1: No, it's true. No, it's true though. I mean, the people that keep and breed goats, like we're a very, very different breed. Mm-hmm. And when people are like, I want to
0: respect. Goat. I just, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I have people that will often reach out every day, like I'm I want to get into goats. Um, I'm looking for a mentor, and I'm like, I will mentor you, but like the odds are like in a year you're not gonna want those goats. Mm-hmm. You know, like full disclosure, like they are not for the faint of heart, they think of they are liquid homicide and suicide. <laughs> Every single day they wake up thinking about it and they go to sleep thinking about it. And And they're liquid.
0: They do not stay in anything that isn't airtight.
1: Oh my gosh. And if they know, it doesn't matter how much of a routine or how like um, positively reinforced you, you are with, with grains and treats. If they know you want them to do something it's just in their nature to be like, Nope, not today. Yeah. I actually
0: (laughs) had a goat that was like, I'm pretty sure she was already in labor. I'm trying to get her into a nursery pen and she's a she was a Borgo, but she was a really short Borgo. She's like ran dead run from me and cleared a six foot fence in labor. I was like, you know what? Have your babies out for the coyotes to eat. Yeah. Them. I don't care. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, you you can only do so much. We told really? her. You really do so much.
0: Her name was actually Infinity because she had an infinity ways to get out of the fence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can I can believe that. And don't worry, I've had moments too. I'm like, fine whatever predator comes by, they can have you free I game. Have that she's just, I have no idea how she's getting out of the fence. I try to watch her every morning. I let them out. And it's like, she knows, I know you go to work and that you work remotely and you are going to sign on at seven 30 and come back and look at me at seven 45 in that 15 minutes, I'm going to be out, go all the way around the five, the five fenced in acres. And I'm going to be in the front door. Like
0: we have a pig like that right now. We call him flash And we came home the other day and he's out in the pasture and he had a feed bowl with him. Like one of those like rubber kind of only like two, three inch deep ones. And you know, I was, we pull in, he's rooting up the ground and there's a group of turkeys with him, like eating whatever he's rooting up. And I was like, why does he have a bowl with him? And he saw us and grabbed the bowl and took off running. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what's happening right now.
1: (laughs) That's when it, if everybody sees it, like, look, that's permaculture. You know, we, we mean that to happen. The, they're going through and they're rooting up the area for our garden and the turkeys are going behind them and taking care of the pests and we'll be able to plant corn there. But well, whatever
0: year. he was digging up, apparently he was putting in his bowl.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> mind. thanks. I just Mom. thought it was really <laughs> weird, but like he had the bowl out there and I was making a joke like, oh, look, you've got his bowl. What's he doing? And he saw us and he like started to run, came back and grabbed the bowl and bolted. <laughs> We were laughing pigs. so hard.
1: Pigs are something that we've always wanted to do, but I don't know if I could have pigs and goats. I feel like my I would lose my mind because pigs are so incredibly smart. I'm like, I don't know if I can have something that's like the You'd most outweighed yeah. livestock and then the most, <laughs> and the smartest. I'm like, because I would just be like, well, we're just it's, we're just going to have to give up. We're just going to put up the white flag and say, whatever happens, happens. We're going to be that home where everything free ranges and nothing is contained. We
0: ran, you know, this winter when everything froze solid, our hot wire fence somehow got froze in with it because we keep it real low to the ground. Mm -hmm. And so none of our fences worked for about two months. So we were literally running a free range operation. I was just like, whatever. (laughs) Hey,
1: if they're not bothering anybody and you're far enough off the road, then it is what, right? it is. you know. And, I mean,
0: we have uh, we have four pigs in with a calf right now because mm-hmm. I co- we couldn't get them back in the pen, so we were just like live with the calf. Yeah, they're really happy, so you know. When <laughs> I say calf, she's a two-year-old heifer, but she's really spoiled. So
1: no, well, they always act like that. Though they are always your little babies when they're was she bottle raised or anything?
0: No, but my, she's my son. She is my son's show heifer.
1: Ah. So then, yeah. she might as well have been. She's been handled a lot her entire yeah. life. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, we have one like that, and it's it's not my fault. For once, it's not my fault when goats start coming into the house. We did have like one that she was born, oh, two and a half weeks early, and like mm-hmm. literally when I found her, like she uh, she was dead. Like she oh, was doing the those, breathing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, we're gonna try because there's an agonal breath, which means the brain is still firing, and brought her back to life. Like she's still here. She's still here with us, but my husband has loved her ever since. And all she does is watch, she watches the fence. And when she sees him, she mass and like, he's being a moth to the flame, goes right to the gate. She comes out, comes in is like, what cereal do you have for me today to try? And gets really mad when we don't have like her her cereals of choice, like if the Cheerios are gone and she sees like, it's just like rice crisps or rice bran, you can just almost see it in her face. The pure disappointment. I didn't think that goats could exhibit disappointment because they're just, they're always on top. Like they, they could say one, but she, you can just tell the disappointment comes across her face. And she's like, what else do you have? And I don't know what it is, but we're just like, why don't don't you try this cookie? This looks like it's a good cookie. You might like this cookie. And she's just, she's going to be like that forever. She's not even, she's only a year and a half old now. So I'm like, we're creating a monster. She's a Um, monster.
0: Yeah. She's going to get bigger too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much, um, you know, being my son show heifer, she only gets messed with at showtime you know because mm-hmm. you know how kids are yeah and I mean he's 14 and a big boy and he'll get out there and get her halter on her and then she won't walk for me and I have to go out there and do like the look me yeah. in the
1: eyes girl <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's just like sweet as pie yep. mama means business it's funny how they know that though you know uh-huh. even that little goat it's just that that with like even with a dog or a kid that's getting ready you're like eh. like she's just Ears pop forward and she's gone. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. make that same noise. Yeah.
0: Like my kids get in <laughs> trouble. I'm like, ah
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a noise that comes very naturally and it demands attention. So I'm I'm not against using at ah. if it works, it you works. know what that's
0: the noise my dad would use when he was training his hunting dogs. Really? Yeah. He hey. had a bunch of different noises he made. And I like if somebody were to ask me to do them, I couldn't. But when I'm working with my dogs, I catch myself just. Doing it, yeah. But he never used actual words with them.
1: Mm-hmm. They know, they know. Yeah. I mean, especially if they're they're being trained and worked all the time. I'm sure that mm-hmm. they probably do the cues. <laughs> like, oh, that yeah. means I do something very wrong, and I need to stop right now.
0: <laughs> we actually, he was a hunting guide, and he had um, a guy from like a hunting magazine come out and hunt with him. And he actually wrote a whole article about how my dad only trained his dogs with those noises. Really? Yeah. It was. That's, that's
1: yeah. Wild. That's really mm-hmm. well. I, I feel like I would have wanted to have met your dad your dad sounds like he's right. been he was a very interesting person
0: he you was know, he so was, was very much I like, I, yeah. I miss him but yeah he,
1: uh
0: he actually got lost hunting one time um in a snowstorm and um I mean they had like rescue cute crews out looking for him and stuff and he had like a teenager with him and they didn't know if they were going to get the teenager out he buried the teenager with a bunch of hunting dogs Oh, and they my. tried to like get out on his horse, like just him and the horse so that they he could just leave like kind of what was slowing him down there. And he couldn't get his bearings because of the snowstorm. He ended up shooting the horse and gutting it and sleeping inside of it. Wow. And he got up the next morning and he couldn't fire off his gun because it was frozen. So he would peed on his gun. Yeah. And that's how the rescue people found him and that kid that he buried only ended up losing a couple of toes
1: oh really
0: yeah like it saved the kid's life
1: that's amazing
0: um I yeah, buried him in the snow because I mean you're still going to be 32 degrees you know mm-hmm. yeah. and plus he had the dogs with him mm-hmm. and um when they found him he was actually on the San Francisco news because it was in California mm-hmm. and they're like Mr. Sanders you know what made you think to do this and he goes "Well, oh, I saw it on a John Wayne movie <laughs> That's my dad. Like,
1: yeah. Well, you know, like as you were telling that story, it's funny because I'm thinking, I'm like, well, there was a scene in The Revenant where he was in a Mm -hmm. horse, and then in Star Wars they cut up in that one animal and got it to stay warm. I'm like, it, it it totally makes sense. Yeah, you're like waiting
0: for this really great, like (laughs) I learned bushcraft with the best, you know, and he's like, well, (laughs) saw it on a John Wayne movie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thank goodness something on a movie actually came to be useful or helpful in a situation like that, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he was always on the news for something dumb.
1: Well, you can't sell wit like that short though. Like even somebody who's out and like sees things like that in the movie. Some people would think that was just like totally not usable so like you even can't discount wit that that comes from being in a high stress situation like that and being like well mm-hmm. it's your daughter dying and I saw that in a movie so I'm going to try it because it's either that or or expiring you know exactly
0: so mm-hmm.
1: that's, that's something to be very admired and there's a lot of people in those situations that would just succumbed just sat there and be like well this is just this is how it ends you know mm-hmm. gotta love someone who's who's tough to the bitter end you know
0: Yep, yeah, he definitely was I mean even Just shortly before he died, he called me and he's, I was like, you know, how you doing today, dad? He's like, oh, I pulled a groin muscle. I mean, at this point he had like two knee replacements. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were already talking hospice with him and stuff. And I was like, how did you pull a groin muscle? And he's like, well, I fell off a gate. And I'm like, why (laughs) were you on (laughs) a gate? And he's like, well, how else was I going to get over it?
1: (laughs) You know, we can only hope to be like that you know, I'm off, you know, it's kind of, well, it's kind of like dark and morbid, but like when we talk about that, like my husband and I, I'm like, you know, if I ever go, I just want to fall over dead in the garden. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I don't, I just want to be doing something that I love. And just, just as like, that's my time. That's the time that my ticket got punched. You know, I don't want to to just fade away or or anything like that. But I feel like a lot of people that live like the way that we do, I feel mm-hmm. like that's how you, I don't know if I could ever be laid up like that. You know, mm-hmm. like my mom actually is going through um some knee replacement stuff where she's getting ready to do it. And she's like, I'm just so depressed. She's like, I'm used to being in the garden and going out and mushroom hunting and just being outside at this time. Of year. And she's like, my knees literally will not allow me to do it. So I just you know what though like
0: my dad he actually had to have his knees replaced twice because the second the first time it was just needed to be done and mm-hmm. he was back at it within just a couple of weeks I mean he probably yeah. shouldn't have been but he was yeah the the second time it's because he shot through his own knee replacement and so then had he ended up having to have them both redone because when yeah. he was favoring the one he shot through like yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. He, he
0: was hunting a wild pig he had a he was guiding a hunt with a 12-year-old girl, and the girl shot the pig and wounded it. And it was like a 300-pound boar. Yeah.
1: And it just
0: came around and got him right in the side. And oh. it actually shattered his knee replacement. And then he was trying to shoot the boar and shot right through yeah. his knee replacement. Just- you know,
1: I was going to ask, but I didn't want to sound like ridiculous. I'm like, when you say shot through, do you mean so- like with like, a gun or do you mean like just shot through it like i worked through that one i need another one nope
0: he actually like (laughs) when pig shattered his thigh he was down on the ground and his leg was bent up but he didn't like he was just so trying to like deal with the pig and he pulled his pistol out and shot not realizing that his leg was in between him and the pig so yeah
1: oh my gosh that's your dad's like a wild man like it wouldn't it
0: wasn't even the first time he got shot so (laughs)
1: That's crazy. You know, my, my husband was reading a book where it's, it's called hell. I was there by Elmer Keith, but it sounds like your dad was Elmer Keith, but like what we, he we've read in that book. I'm like, man, your dad just really lived that, that life. That's, that's really amazing though. You know, and that's mm-hmm. something we wanted to go do. We 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 hunt and forage as well, and that there's no wild hogs here, thankfully, because they're super destructive.
0: But they are, yeah. One of the
1: things, like we keep saying, like for one of our anniversaries, I'm like, we're gonna go south and we're gonna go on a hog hunt. But uh, I want to do one
0: of those ones where you're like shooting them out of a helicopter. I think that yeah, those insane. are
1: so so cool. Those are so neat. We've watched <laughs> videos on that. And, um, I think one of my favorite hunting YouTubers is actually Carpe Seuss and that's all he does is just goes huh. at, at after like hog hunt for hog hunts. And I, I just love watching that because they're really interesting animals, very aware. I can see why they're, they're a little bit mm-hmm. hard to keep under control. You know, we they're actually,
0: not- as part of the hunting guide business, we would work for like the big wineries in California. And mm-hmm. I mean, we'd go in sometimes at night and kill like 30 hogs on depredation permits, yeah. Oh, because crazy. a herd of hogs like that can take out an entire vineyard in a night.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think people, especially those that you know, I know not a lot of people are always receptive towards hunting, but honestly with as much land that we take up and that we use, like we really are the apex predator and mm-hmm we have a responsibility to take care of things like that, you know, like they they do. I
0: teach a lot on depredation and like when you should use lethal versus other options. And, you know, even with the 30 a night that we kill, they're an invasive species in California,
1: Mm -hmm. but we would also
0: donate all the meat. So.
1: Yeah. 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 See that, that's a win-win. I mean, we, mm-hmm. it's not even on that scale, but like, even as like a homesteader with livestock, you have to protect your livestock. We actually had a fox that was coming into our coop and he was, he had me timed. Like it was a little bit ridiculous. how you know,
0: pigs will eat livestock too.
1: Yeah. I They're heard omnivores.
0: That. So they'll, I've heard that. they're real big issue with lambs in California.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I I absolutely believe it. I mean, I know that in our goat forums, a lot of people try to run Cooney Coonies. And even though Mm -hmm. I know coonies probably are one of the least likely to do it. Like they still have the propensity to like me. I watch my sows.
0: They'll be, they'll, they'll have like a whole flock of chickens, like sleeping with them. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden one of them will just stand up and eat a chicken in like three bites.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, were you hungry? Yeah. I don't feel like walking to, to the trough right now. This chicken looks scrumptious, right? I, I mean, we
0: have like 700 pounds out. So yeah, uh,
1: it it's, it's just kind of crazy, but we had like this fox that was getting in and I, I did a video on it and you know, people, they really don't like when you protect your animals and it wasn't one of these situations where it's like. Oh, like I'm just not taking the proper precautions. I made a mistake one night on one side of my coop and the fox just kept coming back and he had me timed. You could tell like he had to be (laughs) in the thicket watching me every day, figuring out when I come to close up the coop and when I come to open the coop, because in those, those moments, like he was still coming and uh, we actually caught him and took care of him. And the people were like, I just cannot believe that you, you hurt this poor fox because he's only doing what he's doing, but I also didn't show him like when I pulled that fox out from underneath my coop, he had mange, he was underfed. So even though he was killing my livestock and eating, like there was something wrong with him. And Mm -hmm. because of the lack of predation in this area, like we have coyotes and stuff, but there's nothing to keep that population in check. And when populations Overflow, like it's not usually a good thing. It means there's starvation, there's disease, there's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the things that happen in an overpopulated scenario. So it's like, I just quickened what was going to happen to him anyways, because he mm-hmm. was bones. He, had he might no have cancer. had disease, or yeah, he he had or AIDS, or something like, that He, he could be in the middle of like an an Arctic vortex. It was negative thirty seven degrees that night. I'm yeah. like, he wouldn't have made it anyways. There's there's really no way that he would have lived a good life even if he got through the mange, like we just quickened what was already going to happen. He just took some of my chickens while he was at it. You know,
0: (laughs) I respect your choice. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's one that you have to do sometimes and we've done it ourselves. So
1: it's not fun. I, I, don't ever want anybody to think that like homesteaders glorify that either because it, it literally stewardship of the land is is kind of weird like that with the balance because you're taking land and you're trying to make the land better and if you run permaculture or you run your your chickens in behind you know like your goats or your cattle or your pigs or whatever mm-hmm. I mean there's still things like that that pop up where it's like that's it's just not beautiful and it's not pretty but I mean it's balance you know um, it really is and life is balanced with death.
0: We actually, the snow and our winter was so rough here. We, we, did it, we lost a hog, which that it wasn't anything to do with the winter. We just happened to lose a hog over the winter. He was mm-hmm. old and the kids were home alone. My husband and I were out of state because he had to have surgery. And I say, kids, we, we have an 18 year old that was here. Mm-hmm. They, he couldn't do anything with it. He literally, he called one of his buddies and they tied it to the back of the truck and dragged it as far away from the barn as they could. Mm-hmm. We just lost all of our snow a week ago and we have somebody coming with a tractor so we can deal with it. And this yeah. poor carcass has been laying on the lower part of our property for mm-hmm. that was in January. And it's the end of April when we're recording yeah. this and that sometimes yeah. that's just life.
1: Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, and good for you for dragging it away. I know so many people are probably just pushed on the other on the on here, like, our, our winters don't get nearly as bad as, as your guys's do, but when they mm-hmm. they get like that and you lose, like the ground is frozen or it's like, mm-hmm. what do you do with an animal? I mean, I'm, and then I'm calling in more predators because I'm leaving that carcass there, but that's nature too, you know, like well, that. Yeah. it's very cyclical. Um, compost piles are great, but I've never had a lot of luck, like putting in large livestock and like big mm-hmm. manure or compost piles, it just doesn't work right, you know?
0: We have a lower part of our property that that's actually where we put on, but he couldn't mm-hmm. get to that area in the snow. Even yeah. his buddy that he called over had a snow crawler and oh. that's what they moved it with. And we actually, when we went down there to look at it and see what we needed to do, they had actually tied a, um, an extension cord around it to drag it. I was like, Oh my gosh, like
1: Olfstead ingenuity, right? You know, I was going with
0: redneck boys, but yeah, you know, <laughs>
1: you can go with that too. That's okay. <laughs> Both are true. <laughs> yeah. Some like we
0: went on it when we went to the homesteaders of America last year, we came home and the boys had been out hunting and actually rolled their truck and mm-hmm. all of their guns went in the river. Yeah. And I mean, everybody was okay. We, you know, we got a call from the sheriff in the middle of the night that was special, yeah. but well, I guess it was like six. It was late for us, but we were three hours, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And I come home and you know, the only thing I was mad about is that they cleaned all these dang guns on my new carpets. Oh no. I'm like, I'm glad that you were just out hunting. Yeah. I'm glad that you were smart enough to know that you needed to clean all your guns and be responsible mm-hmm. like that. But on my carpet, yeah, <laughs> like, just put a tarp down or a sheet or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It, uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, yeah. I'm glad none of mine are old enough to do that just yet. Just one I day. just have one 13 year old daughter and she's going to, we're at that point where she loves me. We're kind of best friends, but she kind of hates me too. So we're like, I in- have
0: a 14 year old daughter right now. So it's actually when we come out to your event, it's going to be their her and her brother's 15th birthday. So,
1: Oh really? I'm so they're, excited! I cannot really really excited. You guys to come out. I can't wait to hear you speak. Like I'm just super excited about it. And I appreciate because I know it's like right on the the heels of Homesteaders of America, but I will be sure to stop by and say hello there. Cause
0: well, we decided to drive. So we were debating driving or flying this year. And we're like, Mm -hmm. well, if we're going to do Indiana right afterwards, we will drive out there and then drive to Indiana. And so we can just make it a trip, but Mm -hmm. seems how we're on the subject. We've only got a few more minutes of our talk. I, Let's talk about the event that you're putting on after we've had this like great talk of what real homestead life looks like.
1: As beautiful and discombobulated as it is. But yeah, the the event we're putting on is called the Indiana Homesteading Conference. This is actually our second annual event, and we're just we're so excited. We have speakers Mm -hmm. like Joel Salatin, Pork Ryan will be there. We have Sean and Beth Doherty. We of course have you. We can't wait to hear you speak. We have excited. um, And you
0: know, oh man, I got to meet Sean and Beth in March. Wonderful. Yes, I mean, like I'm sitting there, like it was more of an inspirational talk, and I was taking notes, like
1: yeah, yeah. But who wouldn't know when you've got someone like that sitting in front of you, Mm -hmm. where you're just gonna soak it all in, give me all the wisdom. (laughs) give me all the inspiration and motivation that I can't get anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And really like it's interactions like that though, that drive these conferences, because a lot of people, you can only get so much, like, you know, from like YouTube or, or podcasts, mm-hmm. there's something about seeing like that person in front of you and just pulling all the inspiration that you can, because really it's
0: the fellowship that comes with it yeah. and that closeness and you know, honestly, I, sorry, I talked at a homeschool conference recently and then this gal came to my booth afterwards and she's like, I was so excited to come talk to you because I was so happy when you walked in the room and you were a normal person. <laughs> and I was like, what did you mean? She's like, like the sweater you were wearing. I have the same one. I know where you bought it. She's like, I just felt so connected to you Aww. right off the bat. I, you know, she's like, it was a homeschool conference and I saw Homesteader. I just, I didn't even know what to expect when you walked in the mm-hmm. room and to see that you were just a normal person, a yeah. normal mom, just like me. I knew I wanted to hear what you had to say.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's so good. But like, it isn't that like a nice experience for you to have to <clears throat> know, which also I, for me, I'd have been like, what do you mean? What did you, what did you think I was going to walk in looking like with Homestead? And, and the, cause it's interesting to see like what people have, like these pre preconceived notions, but it's so fun to watch people break through those barriers. Mm-hmm. Like Having that person in front of you that's giving you knowledge, but also inspiring you and motivating you like that is an experience like you just cannot have almost anywhere else except for conferences like that there's, there's just energy and people around you are excited and they're feeling the energy too and they all Mm want to go home and start these new projects it's just
0: the networking and the new friendships. Oh gosh, I mean, it's yeah. just it, it, amazing. Honestly,
1: like it is euphoric. Like really yes. it is. And I didn't even know things like that existed um, until about three years ago. when we started, we went mm-hmm. to the homesteaders of America and you know, that was our first one was three years ago. Really? That was mm-hmm. ours too. And it ever <laughs> since then, it's just, it's I'm like, bummed we didn't yeah, get to connect sooner. It. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's crazy, but it's weird how you like meet people that have been to things like that. You're like, I was there too. I can't uh-huh. believe it. we were like probably feet away at some point and we just didn't even you- know each other existed, but you know, Rhonda, actually. Ashley-
0: sorry. Thought- I have a friend that I met at HOA oh, three years ago. Yeah. They were standing behind us in line. It was that year that there was the horrible long line and all oh, the, my gosh, and- yes. <laughs> yeah. So we finally get in and we go over to buy a cinnamon roll from Marcy Joe's booth. And she was ahead of me in line and they couldn't get their card machine to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she was like, I just wanted coffee and a cinnamon roll. And so I was, I, I turned to my husband and I'm like, give me cash, you know? And I said, can we buy your cinnamon roll? And she was like, Oh no, I can't, you know? And we just got to chatting and we've, we're still friends. We talk like at least every other week.
1: That is so beautiful. <laughs> that was so beautiful, but it's interactions like that. Like that's what we're mm-hmm. trying to achieve with this. So with, with our conference it's going to be October 21st and 22nd. It's a Saturday, Sunday. It's a two-day event. It's going to be amazing. And well, at least I hope. I hope it's going to be amazing. It's we're, be. Working, we're working so hard to make this uh, a conference that just really like motivates people and that they get that networking and they get those friends like you made in line mm-hmm. that you didn't think you were going to make. And really, we want it to be one of those things where someone, they look forward to it every year. Like we look forward to HOA every year mm-hmm. and it really is a family reunion. And I think you cannot find a community that, that more closely resembles what a family is than like homesteading because like, we really do get it like you, you almost, you can't help but like lock arms with like someone next to you and be like, we both have like the same mindset and I don't have to explain to you why I want to grow my own food or why I choose to wrangle goats every day because they keep getting outside of the fence. Like <laughs> You get the insanity and you get the beauty and, and the controlled chaos and everything that it brings that is so rewarding. And that's what we want to do through this conference. And really like Rhonda came to me because she followed me on Facebook and YouTube and she mm-hmm. was like, "You well, know, I just, I just really feel like the Lord wants me to ask you if you want to do this for me with me. And I actually just turned down my first speaking invitation. And I was so bummed. Cause I'm like, I just don't have the money to get there. And it wasn't wow. one of those things where I could like you know, I didn't feel like asking to to be paid to come down. I just wanted to come speak, and I w- I had to turn it down. And it was just one of those things where, like, God knows the desires of your heart, mm-hmm. and it was it was not. But three days later, she's like, "Do you want to work on this with me?" She's like, "We don't know each other, but like we could do this." And I'm like, "Sure, why not?" And. Here we are planning our second event and it's already surpassed. Like, I don't want to get emotional because like, I just feel so much passion towards like this community and encouraging people to be a part of it because homesteading is so fluid. It does not in any box,
0: you know, I've been in tears more, more at conferences and events Mm -hmm. and the happy tears, the, yeah, I feel connected tears that I, I feel something bigger than me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100. It, it's almost like a self discovery mm-hmm. and, and finding like that. that My husband
0: mean- found God again three years ago oh, at HOA. Oh, I mean,
1: well, I really Not that I, we
0: had never totally lost him, but like yeah. it really ignited his faith.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing. But like, honestly, don't you feel that with like homestay? Like if you could just put your fingers in dirt or watch a seed sprout or watch an animal birth or just be a part of like that, that internal, natural, pure struggle that's so carnal. I'm like, you almost can't deny it. You, you almost can't where you're like, this didn't just come By chance. Like this is just so beautiful and intricate Mm -hmm. and everything lends itself to one another. And there's this beautiful harmony that so much of the world is so disconnected from where I'm like, if you could just see it, if you could just be a part of it, you would, you would, it would solve so many problems. We (laughs) wouldn't have hunger, we wouldn't have people depressed. (laughs) You would just have that connection. And I want people to have that connection. I didn't think I was going to cry, Cody. I'm really sorry, but like, it's
0: okay. Like I'm starting to tear at myself (laughs) because I've, I've I feel so moved by what you have to say. It's
1: it's people lack that connection and they don't know what's missing. And I'm like, just come to my farm, I'll show you. Like, just come to a conference, like just let us show you what you're missing because this is the connection you're looking for. And it's you know, just-
0: I grew up with the same two girlfriends from the time we were two years old. And I mean, they were like sisters to me. Mm-hmm. And we are so disconnected in the lives that we lead at this point to find what I have found in the homesteading community has rebuilt that connection in me that I needed mm-hmm. with other women and other people. And
1: absolutely. Absolutely. There's something in that struggle that is so empowering. And for someone to be like, you can get through it because I don't think I've ever talked to a homesteader and been like, this is, this is what I'm facing. Like with my livestock or my garden. And none of them were like, well, why are stupid? Just quit. You know, none of them have ever taken that, that approach with me. It's always been like, you've got this, you're stronger than this. This challenge is, this is, this is a hurdle to get you to that, that next step. And then your parameters for discomfort get so far out where it gets to the point where it's either like, you're just going to become like, you're going to be superwoman because your parameters yeah, the, your parameters for fear or discomfort, j- you just, you learn how to bust through them. They're just an obstacle. And you don't look at an obstacle. Like it's something that stops you. You look at, at it, like it's something that's going to, to grow you. And you almost look forward to it because when we're in mm-hmm. those struggles, I'm like, okay, God, I get it. Like th- there's a big breakthrough because I wouldn't struggle this hard. If it was, there wasn't a bigger reward on the other side. And it's like that in homesteading all the time. You, you just know, like you get bigger and better and more experienced. And it's not just for for you. It's for the people that are walking behind you that are struggling, or you can reach behind and say, Hey, mm-hmm. hey, brother, Hey sister, been there, done that. You are stronger than this. You will get through it and you will find so much reward in this lifestyle. If you just keep going and I just, I, there's something so beautiful in the community in that way.
0: Uh, I, I love what you have to say. And, um, you know, we're getting to the end of our time, but I do want to say if somebody if you, you're ready to go to one of these events and experience it, stay tuned after the episode because I'm going to tell you how you can win a couple of tickets from me to this event. Now, my favorite question for everybody on the podcast is what does keep growing mean to you?
1: What does keep growing mean to me? It means busting through those obstacles. <laughs> there's there's the, the, those, those parameters of discomfort just keep getting pushed further and further away. That's what growing is to me. Just losing that faith over fear. That is That's growth to me.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. And I can't wait to be able to connect again. Um, everybody go follow Ashley. Where can where can they find you?
1: So you can find me on um, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook as Mulberry Branch Farm. Just say hello and let me know that you came through this podcast because we just love Cody so much. And I'm I'm just so happy that you had me on today, Cody. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you.
0: And again, everybody stay tuned at the end of the episode for a little bit more information. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in on how to win tickets to the Indiana Homesteading Conference for 2023. The Indiana Homesteading Conference will be held October 21st and 22nd, 2023 at the Marion County Fairgrounds outside of Indianapolis and is dedicated to partnering to teach sustainable living skills and encourage community. Cody Hanner with the Homestead Education has partnered with the Indiana Homestead Conference to give away two weekend passes. Passes include access to to all the conference breakout sessions both days. This is 25 sessions per day with five time slots and five options f- from each to choose from each slot. You do not wanna miss this amazing lineup of speakers. Just so you know, the hog roast, junior homesteaders, and the intensive workshops are not included, but can be purchased at an additional charge. But I bet you just wanna hear how to win these tickets. And we are so excited to be giving them out. First thing you need to do is follow the Homestead Education on Facebook. The second one is follow the Indiana Homesteading Conference on Facebook. Then use the link in the show notes to sign up for the Homestead Education newsletter through that link. And on May 31st at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we will be drawing the winners live Once we draw a winner, we're going to check to make sure that you're following both the Homestead Education and the Indiana Homestead Conference in order to qualify. If you don't, we will be pulling a new winner. So make sure you pop over to the homesteadeducation.com forward slash Indiana Homesteading to sign up to win those tickets. Thank you for joining me today at The Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!